Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. 2 Samuel chapter 5, find the 17th verse. We'll read through verse 25 in a message entitled, Invincible. Invincible. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force. How much force? Full force. It's a search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim, so that David, so David inquired of the Lord. What did David do? He inquired of the Lord. Verse 19. Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, Go. I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perezim, and there he defeated them. He said, As waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. Would you, let's go ahead and read that quote. He said, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So the place was called Baal Prison. The Philistines abandoned their idols there. <laughs> and David and his men carried them off. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord. What did David do? Verse 23, David inquired of the Lord. And he answered, do not go straight up, hmm, but circle around them and attack them in the front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of the marching and the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded. Let's read that. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. Father, thank you. Move in great power. In Jesus' name, may we never be the same. Amen. We do have notes. We'd encourage you to fill those in as we move along. I think the year was 1993, and I was invited to the island of Molokai, to go to a men's camp. And at the men's camp was this um, prophet, and I cannot remember his name, but if it comes to me while I'm preaching, I will share it with you. He, he um, was really one of the founding fathers of the modern prophetic movement, along with Bill Hammond. And he was an older man at that time, and his wife, uh, Dick Mills, Brother Dick Mills. Anybody ever been in the ministry of Brother Dick Mills? Okay, so he would travel with his wife, and his wife, this before text, this before all of that, it's before smartphones, and his wife had a little pad of paper, and he would give you a word from the Lord. The word that from the Lord that he would give you was always Scripture. And there was such a pushback on the gifts of the Spirit back then that if you prophesied, you'd be castigated for it. So he prayed, and the Lord said, just give them my word. And so literally what he would do is he would prophesy over dozens and dozens, even hundreds and hundreds of people. He would sit on a chair and he would say, I have a word from the Lord for you. And he would just give a scripture. He'd give the scripture address. He'd quote the scripture. His wife would write it down on the pad of paper, would rip it and give it to you. I received this word in 1993 about hearing the sound. As soon as you hear the sound of the marching and the tops of the trees move quickly, because that means the Lord's going out in front of you. I have cherished that word in my heart since 1993. It's been current and active through many different seasons. And I find that word coming to me, even tonight, over where we are, over what God's called me to do personally, what God's called us to do corporately, over the Haggerty's and uh, what's taking place in Tucson, Arizona. We are... We have a King's Tucson that we're basically planting, uh, and uh, we're excited about that. That'll be in September as God directs us. 
I'm excited about Indonesia and the missions. I feel like, like it's a word of the Lord over Indonesia. I sense something in the spirit, and I'm going to preach it to you tonight. I sense something in the spirit that, that was so empowering to me. And it was that, that, and I don't hear this wrong. Please hear it in context. I'm invincible. What do you mean by that? I mean in God, I'm invincible. You can't kill me. I'm going to live forever. I'm invincible. And when God's given me a word, I'm going to say it personally, but, but when God's given you a word, when God speaks to you to say, this is what I'm going to do, if you'll get a hold of that and you'll contend, no matter what the opposite, stand up, son. God is giving you breakthrough. It does not matter what you see in your natural eye. This is your night. I prophesy breakthrough over you. God is going to show you some unique strategy. Fire! Unique strategy. Might need to see a chiropractor after that. Unique strategy. <laughs> How to win. Man, I felt like my hand almost blew off of my wrist right there. Come on, lift your right hand and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let that sink in. Say law, as the psalmist would say. Say, come on, say it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if God said you can do it, can you do it? Yes. It doesn't matter if you have the intellectual acumen or the favor or the contacts or the, the physical strength and stamina. No, what matters is you have a word from the Lord. You can't win any battle in God without him. And so David, this, this whole picture of David, it's just so profound. We face many, many, many battles. And wouldn't it be amazing if you had a victory over every single battle? And the truth is, God, who authored this good work that has begun on the inside of you, will complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. However, however, he will not, he will not complete that which he didn't author. So you have to make sure you have a word from him and not a word from Bubba Gump. I got a word from Bubba. You better stay home with that word. We all have battles, and God will give us victory over those battles all the time. You, you can have victory all the time. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to have victory all the time. You, you can. You can have victory all the time, and King David is a model. 2 Samuel 8, verse 6 and 14 says this, the Lord gave David victory wherever he went. The Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. The Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. Go ahead and put your name in there again. The Lord gave victory to wherever you go. He said it to Joshua, every, every place you put your soles of your feet. Come on, somebody say, I'm victorious. Shake free from the victim mentality and realize that you can do it. Realize that God before you who can be against you. Realize that, that if you have a, you're in a fight right now, you're going to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony, not going to shrink back, not going to hold up, not going to shut up. Oh, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the lender, not the borrower. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I've got the victory. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming But He sought me and I knew it, and all my love is due him. He plunged me into victory beneath the cleansing. You ever heard that before? This is a classic passage on breakthrough. It's a classic passage on spiritual warfare. It's a classic passage on breakthrough. And there are many, many passages on breakthrough that are classic. And some of my favorites are Micah 2 and verse 3. The one who breaks open the way will go before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them. The Lord is at 
their head. I love that. It's, it's the breaker anointing. It means when God calls you to do something, tells you to go, that when you go, it might look like the, the heavens are brass. It might look like you can't, can't make it, but God with you, so he's just going to give you breakthrough. God gives breakthrough. Where he tells you to go, he gives you breakthrough. Come on, give me an amen. Yes, I'm talking to you. You talking to me? Yes. Ephesians 6 and 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That might be a new thought for some of you, and it might be a reminder to others. There's a war. The enemy heard about the breakthrough that you're going to have and how God's going to powerfully use you. And so he tries to do a preemptive strike. That'll be in your notes later on. But he tries very, very hard to get you to quit before you get there. I call it Ziklag before Zion. David was at Ziklag, his apostolic training center, and then the whole thing is burned with fire. He's so, so, so brokenhearted for the loss of, of his family and his kids and his wives that he weeps until he has no more to strength in 1 Samuel 30. He has no more strength. And I, I talked about this, at, uh, I've preached it many, many times because it's a scripture that I've just found to be true. That right before the breakthrough of your life, the enemy will hit you with everything he can to get you to shut up and quit. Because if you don't quit and you can keep keeping on and you keep declaring and you keep proclaiming, then God will send an Egyptian. That's the text. You'll, find, you'll, you'll recover, pursue, overtake, and you'll recover everything. That's 1 Samuel 30, uh, one of the verses in there. But it's three days before David's coronated. What do you mean coordinated? He's anointed to be king by, the, by Samuel, the prophet. None of his words fell to the ground. But then he has to go through this incredible time of training and testing. It's a great book by Alan Redpath, a Baptist, tremendous writer. Had to be, had to be like a secret Bapticostal or something. Because he just writes stuff that's just so anointed. I'm, my gosh, it's amazing. The Making of a Man of God by Alan Redpath. It was given to me in 1997. It's still prominent on my bookshelf, and I go back and I visit it because there's chapters in the life of David that I can correlate directly to my life and to the life of every man and woman that decides to do something for God. You're going to go through character training times. You're going to go through things. You're going to have to repent. you got to draw close to God. I mean, all of these things. And so this David, this worshiping warrior, and, and like he's responsible for killing all those, all those priests because he lied. I mean, the man after God's own heart had some issues just like you. So David encourages me. He's my favorite Old Testament character. Along with Abraham, Isaac, <laughs> ah, Joseph. Breakthrough. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to have a breakthrough. So David at Ziklag, and it really is a whole separate message, but it ties in well here, and it's, it's just prior to this. He comes back, and everything, everything's gone. We, they, him and his men weep until they have no more strength. His wives are gone, children are gone, everything's gone, all their houses are burned. They have no more strength. And then the men were like, you know something? It's your fault. And they blame David, which is many times what people that are, people when they get into, into the thick of it, when they get into, into real trial and real pain, they just want to say, you know something, if you would only, and they start pointing the finger, they start blaming. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. They're just dealing with the frailty of human beings and definitely people need to be held accountable. But I mean, David, David had, had led them in a way and he was lying, he was out on a raiding party. And so he calls for the ephod for the one priest. The rest of them are dead because of David, because he lied. You go and study it. He calls for the ephod, this way to be here from the Lord, and he inquires, he prays. And God tells him, basically, pursue, overtake, and recover everything. He strengthens himself in God, to, to, to be consistent with the verses. He strengthens himself in God. Then he inquires of the Lord, and the Lord says, go do this, this, and this. If you're going to have a breakthrough, you've got to learn to strengthen yourself. Right. Come on, that's one of the reasons right. you're here. Right. And you've got to learn to hear his voice. 
and you're going you're gonna to have a breakthrough. Acts 1 and 8, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, why would you have to have power? Because obviously there's the power of darkness. See, you need power to overcome darkness. So there's many, many scriptures for breakthrough. Here's another one, Isaiah 54, 17, a favorite one. No weapon formed against you shall succeed, and you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Come on, somebody say, I've got heritage. All right, I'm just going to put it simply. Your heritage is victory. You cannot lose if you stay in God. What if I die? You still don't lose. You get promoted to heaven, and then you live forever, and you get rewarded. Martyrdom, the gift you give once. Let's look at this text and see how David was invincible. The first thing is he's anointed. And I would say that that is um, absolutely paramount. The key to the life of David, the, the shepherd boy, the sweet psalmist of Israel, is that he was anointed. And he's anointed, as I said, by Samuel. None of, the words, none of his words fell to the ground. That is the key. He was anointed as a young man. And there's really three different successive anointings in his life at every stage. And then God would elevate and promote him and he'd be anointed again. You know, you can go another level in God. Everything you see in Scripture, every anointing or mantle, however you want to see that, is available for you if you're willing to do what they did to get it. And I've had people say, well, you're just lucky. No, there's, luck is not involved. You, you understand what Jesus has done, then you take that and you take that faith and you press in and you get to know the one who made you and you cry out to God. And you, Some of you have a mixture in your life. You're double-minded. So you believe the Lord while you're here in church, you can scream and shout and Holy Spirit. But then you leave and then you're backbiting, you're, you're calling your wife names. You're calling your husband names. You're, you're, you're like, well, that service was just too long. It's too hot. I don't want to go to, you think this is hot. Try being in Africa in a tent. I know it's a little hot. We got fans working. It's not about you. It's about the Lord. And if you learn principles how to walk in victory, it'll be really amazing. You know, being in victory is an outstanding thing. I love walking in victory. I don't like defeat. So in, in 1 Samuel 16, this is Samuel with the horn of oil, pours it over David in the presence of his brothers. 1 Samuel 16, 13. In 2 these are the three successive anointings you'll see at the, in David. And it was right after that that he becomes a national hero. So he was a zero except before the Lord, and then he becomes a national hero. He was just out there with the sheep. <laughs> And, and Samuel comes and says, surely it must be this. It's amazing to me that Samuel picks the tall guy like he did with Saul. The good-looking, strapping, head and shoulders above everybody else. That must be the Lord's anointed. And what does the Lord say? <laughs> Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the, at the heart. And so they call the younger. They call David the younger, ruddy. In fact, many, many believe that he was, that he was adopted or he was uh, illegitimate. How many of you know there's no illegitimate children, there's just only illegitimate parents? You might get that on the way home. Some believe that he was a product of uh, adultery because he said it was conceived in sin in the Psalms. There's some little, little threads there that certainly is possible, but we don't really know. We know that God chose him. God saw his heart. You know, the anointing is found in the field before it's ever brought out in public. And I love what the Haggerty's said some 10 plus years ago. They said, if, you're, if the anointing on your life exceeds your character, you're going to kill people, including yourself, something of those lines. So, you know, that what you're going through right now, it's training. In 2 Samuel 2, now, three days, it's like three days before he's coronated a king. And the enemy tries to get him to quit, but he doesn't quit. He overcomes, he pursues, he overtakes, he recovers all. Second Samuel 2, 4, men of Judah came down from Hebron. He's king over Hebron first. 
And there they anointed him king over the tribe of Judah. But you know, it's a whole nother seven years before he becomes king over the whole thing. Some of you got a partial victory and God's trying to give you the whole thing. I love what my mama said to me the other day. She said, you know, I remember granddaddy saying, well, two out of three ain't bad. And my mom said, no, it's not two out of three. It's three out of three. She had three sons. Two were, two were doing well. One wasn't so doing so well. I won't tell you which one that was. Oh, here we are, three out of three. Good job. Pray to sin. Come on, somebody wants to bring you to the, don't settle for the, don't settle the rest on your laurels. Take the whole thing. Take everything that God has for you. Don't shrink back. Don't stop. And eventually, and the leaders come to him at Hebron again, and they, they anoint him king over all of Israel and second Samuel 5 and verse 3. And all of us need to realize that we face challenges in what God's called us to do. He's called us to do. The enemy will fight you. Please hear me. When you're called to do something, you're going to have a fight. You go, I wish he was he. He got crucified. I mean, that's pretty brutal. So that you could be free. You're going to have a fight. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I love when it's just whistle Dixie and fly right to victory. Sometimes it's like that. I think, isn't that great? Isn't that great when you just like won and there's a trophy and you're like, well, I didn't even do anything, praise God. <laughs> but most of the time, lace your blood-washed gloves up and you're gonna have to punch through in the name of Jesus. You're gonna have to speak the word. You're gonna have to declare. You're gonna have to continually say, hey, God's for, there you are trying to put it together. You just tithed and now you don't have enough money to pay your bills. Okay, maybe you need to correct the way you're living. But nevertheless, you need to adjust and say, God, help me. Lord, help me. I can't tell you the testimonies I've heard just over the past couple weeks. One person was like on a thread, does God even hear my prayer? Yes, he does. Shut up. How many of you know you need to talk to yourself? And then bam, breakthrough, promotion, elevation, boom, cash, checks in the mail, wham, 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 right after. Almost quit. I think it was, was Thursday last week was a challenging week challenging, th very difficult Thursday for me. I remember making it through the end of the day and I, I thought I'd got to the end and then I realized, oh, I'm not at the end. And I had to fight some more for the next piece of time and I just went to bed trusting God for victory. All kinds of, all kinds of stuff going on. I woke up Friday to the, I think it was uh, victory over Roe versus Wade. I, I pressed it, oh, Jesus, I love you, Lord, my God, my King, my everything. God, I worship you. I picked my phone up. And I, I know some of you think I got right into the word, but I didn't. I looked at the news just because I don't know we could be at war. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. I quickly just news check Roe versus Wade. I just, oh, this is a day. This is a great day. And I got up and I just said, oh, the devil's on the run today. And I walked around, victory, 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 victory. Every problem I had crumbled. All the different difficulties fell to the ground. Breakthrough with our school, King's Christian School. Come on, somebody. That's amazing. Totally a miracle. On and on and on. And there can be times when it's darkest before the dawn. And so when you're in a fight, let it encourage you. We have a saying around here, when it's really difficult, we just go, whew, devil must be nervous. What you nervous about? I'm about to be coronated king. Jesus is with me. I've got victory everywhere I go. Say it. Jesus is with me. I got victory everywhere I go. You got to understand that David was commissioned by God to defeat the Philistines. One of the purposes of David in his generation, the book of Acts says that he, when he fulfilled his purpose in his generation, he died and went to be with his fathers. You have a purpose. I have a purpose. We have a purpose. And the purpose of David, listen closely is to finish the subjugation of the land that Joshua did not finish. He didn't finish it. They let the Philistines stay there. They shouldn't have been there. They were squatters. I said they were squatters. You know what that is? They should not have been there. They were supposed to be evicted. And, and Israel allowed them to stay. And so David is anointed king for the express purpose 
of evicting and finishing the, uh, finishing the subjugation of the land and, and being the, in the lineage of the Messiah and, and following through in this covenant of David. It's just amazing. We'll always have a, a relative on the throne, which is a, a, a covenant promise towards the Messiah. And Jesus is in the lineage of David. Come on, God commissioned him. Who commissioned him? Okay, let me just say this to you. I'm going to ask you, Evangelist John Duke, think closely, because it's no man. Who commissioned you? God did. He commissioned me too. And you can look for all kinds of papers, and we can, you know, and, and I'm not against that. We need to have that. You need to study to show yourself the proof. I mean, education's good. Just don't get educated on your own intellect and try to wave that around to mean that that means something. There's people that know 10 times the Bible you'll ever know and don't cast out. Devils don't heal the sick and don't, don't get people saved. God commissioned David. Guess who's commissioned? Guess who commissioned me? God. Who commissioned you? I'm sorry, who? God. Uh-huh. Who commissioned you? Go to John 15. Turn there quickly. Hurry up. God commissions every single one of us and calls us to the battle to give us victory. Commissioned by God. John 15 and verse 16. If you're all there, say, woo. Got it? Can I borrow that? Praise the Lord. Okay. Feel like I'm filled with the Holy Ghost right there. Large print and glasses. Come on, Jesus. John 15, verse 16. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Who chose you? Who chose you? I chose you. I'll be back with your Bible. I'm not going to steal it because thieves go to hell. Amen. But I chose you and appointed you. What did he do? Come on, say, I've been appointed by God. Some of you, some of you are religious in your mind, so you can't get it through your head. You're just like, well, I'm just saved. I'm a Christian. Christian, you're supposed to take over. You're not here to take sides. You're here to take over. And you've been appointed by God to do it. That's a little militant, Pastor Lyle. I'm just reading my Bible. I'm just reading the Bible with my mother's classes tonight, trying to help you. I've been appointed by God. Come on, say it. I have been appointed Who appointed you? God. Gosh, I should probably give these glasses back. You're not supposed to wear women's clothing as a man. Well, okay, very good. This isn't really clothing. I do have a woman's Bible now. And I'm man enough to pull it off. Okay. You didn't choose me, but I appointed you to go. Everybody say to go. That you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Listen to this. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give you. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give you. Say it. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give you. These things I have commanded you, love one another. So very profound. I've been appointed by God. Thank you, ladies. I've been appointed by God. Say it. I've been appointed by God. God chose me. Wasn't any man that chose me. God chose me. God saved me. God appointed me. I'm on a mission. I can't be stopped. Why? Because the one who called me is invincible. He's got resurrection. There's no sickness, no disease, no infirmity. There's no assignment. There's no offense. There's nothing that can keep me from fulfilling. There is nothing that can stop me from fulfilling the plan, the call, the will of God. And if God would touch the church and cause him to be awakened to the glorious truth that you're invincible in God. You're invincible. Come on. I am invincible. Say it. I am invincible in God. In God. Without him, you're dead. First John, turn there. First John 3, 7. Man, I feel like I could swing out over hell on a corn stalk and spit in the devil's eye. I, 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 are you there, First John 3? 
something's happened to me. And, and maybe, maybe you can receive it by impartation. I, I go through times of discouragement, battle, different things like that, but I'm finding in those moments where I can't see the forest from the trees and I don't know, there's, sometimes the smoke from the battlefield is so thick. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And you're like, God, you can't feel his presence sometimes. Sometimes, you, sometimes it can be confusing. And you've just been sucker punched and backstabbed over and over and over. And you just don't know which way is up. You just don't know which way. And something has changed in me in these recent years where when I get to that place, there's a switch in my spirit. And, and, and I'll, I'll sit there and I'll weep and I'll start praying. And then all of a sudden, it's like the Lord says, turns it on. Just click in the name in the name of Je who and who do you think you in the god before me who can be oh I'm come on i'm gonna fulfill it and it's something switches and a, and a and a militant it's more than personality it's a fire that gets stoked in my spirit that just all of a sudden breaks out i've been physically pressed emotionally pressed. I've, anybody else been through some things? And I know what it is to just yield and go to bed weeping. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in that moment when you don't think you can make it, you stand on your two feet and you look that thing straight in the face when you know that you're in the will of God. Now, if you don't know in the will of God, then you should probably repent and quickly get back there. But when you know, when you know, you take your prophetic finger and say, the Lord says, and start quoting the promises, start quoting the prophecy, start speaking to that thing and make that mountain move. Make you get, get out the way. Gosh, you're kind of intense tonight. You know, we're in a fight and I'm seeing people lose. You don't know what's come my way. Stand up. Get a backbone. Don't be a jellyfish Christian. Grow a spine. How do you grow a spine? By coming to services like this. By hanging around people that have done it. By being connected. By being in prayer. Everybody say, grow a spine. Grow a spine. Well, I wish I could. Stop it. I can't do anything. Stop. Stop. Don't let anything come out of your mouth that's not God's will, God's word. Speak life. He said, well, I don't feel it. Your feelings will change. I can't tell you how many times I looked in a mirror to, to affirm who I was in God and couldn't even look in my own baby blues. You're a man of God. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm not going to tell you. Renewing your mind is an aggressive thing. And I find that most Christians don't do it. Are you all there First John 3? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Go to John 20, John, Gospel of John 20. For this purpose, the Son of, the Son of God was manifested that he might what? Destroy the works of the devil. Why did it manifest? I mean, it's kind of scriptural terminology here. Let's put it the same. The reason that Jesus came is to beat the devil, to wipe him out, to destroy him. Everybody say, Jesus came to destroy him. Okay, very good. Is that clear? Sickness, infirmity, disease, on and on and on, sozo. John 20 and verse 19. Go to verse 21. I'm going to read the whole thing. Go to, go to John 20, verse 19, then the same day at evening... Being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, in fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst, and he said, peace be with you. Verse 20, when he had said this to his disciples, he showed them, when he said this to his disciples, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad. When they saw the Lord, verse 21, Jesus said to them, again, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. I want you to say that. As the Father has sent Jesus, as the Father has sent Jesus, Jesus has sent me. Okay, what did he send you to do? Destroy the works of the devil. That's what you've been called to do. All of 
you say, well, no, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm part of the laity. I, I don't even like that terminology. You're appointed. You're selected. You're chosen to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. Start speaking these things over yourself. You say, well, somebody's going to think I'm crazy. They already do. I'll tell you what's crazy, to settle for what Jesus died on a cross and rose again for, from the grave for. You know what's crazy is to accept that which Jesus gives you victory over and swallow it like it's some kind of a mickey, some kind of a pill, some sort of a poison, and then, and then put some theological twisted scripture to say that that's actually the will of God. No, God wants you to walk in power. God wants you to be filled with joy. Yeah, and there are times of battle, but you are invincible. Say it. I am invincible in God. And I said this before, back in your notes, the enemy knows that you're in for a blessing and his kingdom's gonna be, his kingdom's gonna be damaged. You know we're doing damage to the kingdom of darkness tonight. And so if he, if he can do a preemptive strike to get you to quit, he does, he tries, he does everything he can. Just quit, just leave your marriage, just abandon that. It's too hard right now. It's too hard, God knows your heart. It's misunderstanding. You saw him looking at another girl. That's, that's adultery. You might as well. The Bible says. The Bible says. This man looks after a woman, lust after you already committed adultery. You already committed adultery. I'm leaving you. You got a hard heart. Yeah, homeboy needs to put his eyes back in his head. Needs to get healed. Needs to get set free. Learn some self-control. But are you going to throw in the, the beauty of what God could do through a committed relationship the rest of your life? Now, there are reasons for divorce. There are. Breaking of marriage covenant. That's just one example. Don't quit. Don't quit. Come on, say, I'm not going to quit. As the Father sent Jesus, so he sent me. Say that. As the Father sent Jesus, so he sent me. To do what? To destroy the works of the devil. Come on, so lift your right hand and say, I've been appointed by God. Come on, say, I've been appointed by God. To destroy the works of the devil. And somebody's going to get it tonight. So the next time you see some, some darkness or sickness or infirmity, you, with the love of God and the grace of God, let him use you. And again, it's darkest before the dawn. And this is what the enemy tries to do to David, tries to wipe him out before he becomes a king, before he can do anything. David overcame the Philistines by inquiring. By what? Inquiring. That's another word for prayer. God told him to fight the Philistines. Back in your notes. God told him to fight the Philistines. How did he get that strategy? By praying. We have a strategy that God has given us to do what we've done. And that strategy is intact. But I've, it's fascinating all along the way, God gives these course corrections. Okay, that they let it take a right. Uh, uh, stop, wait. I mean, I, I want to tell you, it is, it is a detailed thing, walking with the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. Let him speak to you. Not a, like a spiritual fruitcake. But some of you dismiss that, well, I don't want to be hyper-spiritual. You need a little hyper-spiritual. You're like way too carnal. I think maybe you should try to hear the voice of God. You know, that's the other side. Well, I don't want to be hyper-spiritual because you know, I don't be hyper-spiritual. Never going to think I'm weird. Who cares? Who cares? How, about, how about what God thinks? How about the victory that he has for you if you'll obey? Oh, appointed, appointed one, chosen one. You, I'm talking to you. God told him to fight and he'd give him victory. In the second battle, it's interesting, and this is where I got that word from the Lord from Brother Dick Mills. Don't go straight up, circle around. It's a totally different strategy. Totally different. You know, God, the multifaceted wisdom of God, as Ephesians says, multifaceted is the picture of looking at a diamond. There's so many, uh, there's so many uh, sides to a diamond. I don't know if you've ever looked through a loop. I love that. A jeweler's loop. You look, you see all the different facets of a diamond that capture light. God doesn't bring deliverance the same way. He's always doing different things. We did it for this way, for that person told me to pour oil in my husband's shoes because sister, sister got her husband back, put oil in her husband's shoes, so I did it. Now he's mad at me. I ruined his loafers. Okay, well, you know, maybe you were trying to copy somebody and it really wasn't a word from the Lord for you. Don't get any ideas, Pastor Karen. This gets this whole strategy 
attack them in the front of the balsam trees. And it's all, it's all to show that God has a right way of doing things. God knows how to bring the maximum outcome and breakthrough. It's not the same way. Do you know I don't think we've planted a church the same way? Not once. Over five, approximately 500 churches. We've not, somebody said, can you show us a pattern for planting? Uh, no. I mean, there was times where we just totally invested and built a building. We didn't have not one person in the congregation. And it was like, build it and they'll come. But that was before Field of Dreams. Then we're like, okay. And uh, we built this building. The day we opened, we were a hundred and something people and it never went down from there, basically. And it just kept growing. That's Kauai. The other, other works, we, we slugged it out and planted life groups. And then we had 10 life groups and then we began to gather other churches to very different. Then some of them are adoptions. The one in, the one in Tucson is very unique, very unique. A prophet starts a church and then turns it over to his church, which is King's. John Hark, he's a prophetic voice in America, and his wife. And they're turning over a church plant that they've been running for a year on a Thursday. Who starts churches on Thursday night? Jesus, apparently. How many of you know it doesn't have to be on Sunday? I know some told you it had to be on Saturday. It didn't have to be on Saturday either. How many of you know churches, they had every day they had church. So they had a service on Thursday, turned it over. It's a King's in September. We're in the process of grafting in and... And uh, you pray for the Haggerty's house sell in the name of Jesus. We do all say that house sell in the name of Jesus. You're looking for a lovely log cabin in Wasilla. Just get a hold of the Haggerty's. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. Amen. You can have livestock there, beautiful trees and forests, wood burning stove. Absolutely amazing. Amen. God is relocating them, and then God's given us an answer for the school and all the different things. You know, do you know we didn't have any answers? This is one of the great families. And you, some of you might not know that. This is one of the, one of the great families. Of, and I, they are overcomers. They have spe a special stone with a rock written on it in heaven that you're going to get later. we got work to do until then. <laughs> I'm going to get my rock and throw it at the devil. You do that. You do that. God, God has brought you, and we've been family here. And I, I am so grateful that you've been here. They brought our school of ministry from six students to... 88 students in three years. Three years? Okay, in four. All right, four years. That's pretty good growth. And, and amazing, amazing teacher, and he's moving on to get his doctorate. They're both outstanding pastors, outstanding leaders, outstanding. So I'm going to tell you how soon I wanted to send you off. I didn't. Okay, there's only one problem. I'm not fully in charge. The Lord is. So that when God says, you send strength to there, I'm like, oh, wow. And then, and then just supernatural, the fingerprint of God's all over it. It's not like some idea we came up with, would you go? There are moments we've done that. Would you just go and fill in? And we've had people fill in, and there's nothing wrong with that. But this is the fingerprint of God, because I don't want to send you anywhere unless it's God, and it is. So great. what are we going to do about our school? What are we going to do? do about this? What are we going to do about that? I don't know, but we're going to obey. Do you know some of you don't obey because you don't know how you're going to, fill, how you're going to follow through with the hole that's left? He'll fill the hole. Just obey. Just pray and obey. The key to victory in life is pray and obey. Everybody say it. Pray and obey. And then God has miraculously put together the plan. I'm so encouraged. Waiting for the sound, uh, the marching, it's really angels in the balsam trees, the army of the Lord going before them. It's a picture of timing. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Say it. Right thing, wrong time, wrong thing. Some of you get your timing all messed up. Timing's very, very important. In the fullness of time, God sent his one and only son. Happened to be an incomplete road system for the Romans. It was, it was, it was in per the perfect timing of God. He sent his son to die on a cross. It wasn't, the timing wasn't randomly selected. It was the perfect time. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. There are times and seasons in God, and some of you get out of sync because you're in a rush. Move quickly. Look, look at, see, move quickly because the Lord's going out in front of you to strike the, the Philistine down. You must not misunderstand God-ordained opportunities. There are opportunities that come. And when they come, they can be very inconvenient. I'm tired. So what? 
When you know that God gives you an opportunity to do something, you've got to many times move quickly. When you get a green light, move. All right. Uh, he specifically obeyed God. Let's, let's wrap this up. Can I have uh, keys, please? He specifically obeyed God. In 1 Chronicles 14, 12, David commanded that the idols... The Philistines abandoned, be burned. It says that they carry them off here. These were expensive items. I love it. There's such a breakthrough with King David that they're all like, our gods are lame. We just got our tails kicked, and they just leave it all right there. Do you know when God shows up in power in a community, when God releases his power in a community and, and people get healed and people get set free, they turn from drugs, they turn from alcohol, they turn from lust, and they begin to seek first the kingdom. And they begin to realize, man, maybe there is a God in heaven. I'm not, do I'm not doing this idol anymore. I'm, do I'm going after God. It's this picture that, it's not that they're converted, but they abandon their stuff. They're like, this obviously doesn't work because we just completely got creamed. Who is this God of Israel? Who is this one? I had a lot of idols. Maybe not as many as you have. Maybe more, I don't know. That's, it's not an, an idol uh, championship or anything, but the point is, when I experienced, when God in His sovereignty, when His amazing love came and rescued me, when he, he came and He lifted the blinding scales off of my eyes, and my heart was filled with His power and His presence, and He touched me, and He told me how much He loved me. Oh, I knew it wasn't in the I knew it wasn't in any of the other things that I was doing. None of the other things were crutches. All of those other things were anesthetizing myself from the pain of life. And then I met the one who created me, the one who called me, the one who who then saved me as I yielded to him and gave my life to him. You couldn't get me to go back to that because there ain't nothing there. All those things are burned. I actually burned them. I actually had a bonfire. Some of you need to go burn some stuff. I did a home visitation this week, and at that home visitation, there was someone there who had just, I believe, given their life to the Lord just the day before. And uh, I was rejoicing, and then they began to confess these memories and these lusts and these cords and these, I just can't, I just, I'm being tormented. And I said, that's a devil. They're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's break it off. Right in the front lawn. In the front lawn. I'm not talking about in a church. That happens at church all the time. I'm talking about in the lawn. I am the church. Come on, you're the church. Everywhere I go, I got the victory. I'm invincible. Say it. I'm invincible in God. I laid hands on that person. I prayed. I broke that foul thing. Canceled the assignment and then told them, you go and burn everything related to that. You go in your house right now and... It, Chores are done, you go get a bag, you fill all that stuff and set it on fire. Burn everything. I have a, a, an expression, cut all the cords with hell. Some of you haven't cut all the cords with hell. That's why you wonder where you get your tail kicked from time to time and don't have any victory. You missed a great place to say amen right there. And the, and the, the result of that, no more voices, no more cords, completely, completely free. The Philistines burned their idols. They've dropped their idols. In the text that we read, it says they left their idols. Corollary text, 1 Corinthians 14 says they burned them. I would challenge you to burn your idols. Some of you got stuff. You get, you're holding on to things. Every, anything in your life, I don't care if it's an expensive diamond ring from the guy that, do you understand what I'm telling you? So what do I do with that? Go, go pawn it and go drop the money in the offering towards Project Zach. Carries out for a good idea. Get rid of clothes. Get rid of, get rid of pictures. Burn it. Burn it. Get a new phone. Get a new. Oh, that's my. I, you can call all the people that matter to you, and you get a new phone and get a new number, and you don't give it to the idiot, the one who's stumbling you. I'm preaching way better than you're a See, this is where I struggle because I, I start feeling the fire and then I just want to start stomping on stuff and then I'm not so dignified and kind. But some of you need to hear it like that. Some of you need to be backhanded by the Holy Ghost to snap out of it. 
If you're called to victory and then you don't have that. So if you look in your life and you see defeat, 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 defeat. Brokenness, sadness, car accidents, sickness, infirmity, rejection. Those are aspects of the curse. And if you call yourself a believer, or maybe you don't, maybe you're just here, maybe you're online, you do not have to be defeated. You do not have to walk in. And God's not giving you all of that cursing. That's not from God. No, the blessing of God. Come on, I'm walking in the blessing. Anybody else? Okay, it's not because I'm a pastor. It's because I'm a believer. You can walk into victory. Come on, someone say, I'm going to be invincible. That's right, but you got to know it, and you got to walk in it. He specifically obeyed God, burned his idols. They were expensive items. Back in your notes. David wasn't going to allow them to be a snare. Now, there's some discussion here about whether they picked them up and the different things that happened. But I think they picked them up and pawned them and then put, the, put it in the offering. That's what I think happened. It doesn't say that, but that's what I think they did. He was declaring there's only one God, the God of Israel. And it was the one God who gave him victory. Don't go back to your crutches. Don't go back to drinking. Don't go back to drugs. Don't go back to lust. Don't go back to greed. Don't go back to the barrenness of a busy life. Don't go back to those things. Walk in victory. God will give you a plan. If you're facing a battle, you inquire, you pray. All right, God's speaking to us very, very simply and quickly now. Let's always praise the Lord for what he's given us, victory, which can be seen in two key verses, verse 10 and verse 12. He inquired, inquired. He what? He inquired. Our victories are not just for ourselves, but for others. Therefore, our testimony is important. It magnifies the fact that God wants to give all his children victory. That's why I've shared a little bit of my life tonight with you. That's why I've been encouraging you can walk in victory. It is God's will. You can't show me one scripture where he doesn't show you overcoming opposition. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to casealaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.